Hello and welcome to the Dad Whisperer. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Watson. And if you're ready, dads, to add another tool into your fathering toolbox or tool belt, whichever one you like, then you've come to the right place. And you know that dads and daughters are really kind of, that's my wheelhouse. And yet I love that I hear from dads that these things also apply to their relationships with their sons too. And you know the template, the grid I use every week, but let me review in case this is one of your first times listening. It's simply on your mark, get set, go. So picture yourselves as dads standing side by side each other, getting ready to run your fathering race this week. And I'm on the sidelines as your coach cheering you on. And this week I've got a guest coach that you're going to love. And the two of us are saying on your mark, which is the title, the topic this week, Get set. We're going to fill that topic in so that you really understand it. And then go, ending with a go step where you can put your love for your daughters and your sons into action. Well, on your mark this week, here's the title, Teaching Your Daughters to Believe God for the Impossible. Get set. Let me tell you about my guest coach this week. It's, his name is Jason Noble. He's been the lead pastor for the past eight years at a church in Missouri. He's on his way to Uh, Oregon. I was going to say Portland. That's where I am. But we get to share in the same state soon. He's been the National Director for Children's Ministries with the Assemblies of God USA and a children's pastor. He's passionate about helping build up and encourage people to experience all that God has for them and believe for the impossible. And you're going to see this theme, that word, the impossible, woven through our entire conversation. He's currently working on a new book, focused on helping people know how to position themselves to see miracles in their lives. He is also part of the book, The Impossible. You guys have to get out there. Go to Amazon, Google The Impossible by Joyce Smith. It is a read. When I started it, I literally could not put it down. It's now been shared with my family members. And he's actually involved in a new movie that I'm going to have him tell you about in a little bit because you are going to love the heart of this man and you are going to want to go see this movie that is going to come out next year in Easter of 2019. He also has a son and three daughters, one who is 20, one daughter who's 20, and two 14-year-old twins. He and his wife, Paula, as I just said, are now newly living in Oregon, and so we're neighbors. And I love that we get to have this conversation today. Welcome, Jason Noble. Thank you. Hey, go Ducks. (laughs) Go Ducks, exactly. And I think that has parallel meaning because even in our state, right, the go Ducks thing, we have got um, so much rain that your web feet are going to come back out because you grew up here, right? Well, I grew up in in the Northwest in Lewiston, Idaho, uh, from my junior high and um, high school years. And I went to school uh, at Northwest College in Kirkland, Washington. So we love love the West Coast, love the Northwest. Oh, I love it. We're so excited to be back. Oh, that's awesome. um, Yeah. Missouri's great, but we saw some of misery, so glad to be back. (laughs) Oh, that's so cool. Okay, well, as we begin our conversation, tell everybody a little bit about this book, which is really a story that you've lived through, The Impossible, and even tell us a little bit about the movie that's coming out of this story. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, in 2015, on Martin Luther King Day, I got a call that one of our boys in our church, John Smith, had fallen through the ice of Lake St. Louis and that he was in dire situations. We come to find out that he had been under the water for 15 minutes. The paramedics pulled him out dead. He had, um, he had icicles hanging off of his head. and I mean, it was a dire wow. situation. They took him to the hospital, and he was without a pulse for 45 minutes at the hospital. So a total of almost an hour oh. with no pulse. And nobody lives through that. I mean, there's not another case 
in the in the world. The doctors, the TV show has has figured that out. Um, John's doctors, and through just a series of miracles, his mom walked in the room and said uh, they were they, they invited her in to say, "Hey, you know, say goodbye to your son. We're calling the time of death." I mean, mm-hmm. and they typically mm-hmm. don't ever go forty five minutes working on working on somebody. Um, they usually call it about thirty minutes. And the doctor just felt like he needed to keep going. I have a saying that um, you're not dead until you're warm and dead. And so he came in at about, I think, 84 degrees core body temperature, and they were trying to raise that up. Well, nothing they did worked. I mean, there was just nothing they worked. They did. So the mom, Mom Joy Smith, walked into the room and said, as soon as she saw her son, grabbed his feet and said, Holy Spirit, bring my son back to life. Mm -hmm. And at that moment, started a pulse. And wow. I mean, the, the, the people in the room would say that, um, that they felt this presence of God walk in the room and that literally when she prayed that prayer, the power of God just came up John's body and almost knocked the charge nurse off. That wasn't the end, though. That was really the beginning <laughs> oh. of a battle uh, because he would then be moved to a children's hospital here in St. Louis where they declared him brain dead. They said that he had rudimentary brain function mm-hmm. um, if he lived overnight, if there was a 1% chance. And I love the fact that God works when there's only a 1% chance. That's how you know wow. that, I mean, it's just amazing. Uh, we asked the doctor, how much of a chance does John have? He says 1%. All of his organs were in um, catastrophic failure. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he was uh, sloughing off. His, his body was basically shutting down, uh, preparing to die. Um, and so... A pastor and I, a group of pastors and I walked in the room, and um, I'll leave the story for the book, but we prayed and got a hold of God, and 16 days later, um, after a battle, uh, we, he walked out of the hospital completely, completely cleared, 40 days after that, completely cleared from that. So the book is all about that journey, and I'll just say, sometimes you have to just, you have to just hold on yeah. and not give up. We call it a tapestry of miracles, where God did one small miracle at a time, and just put John back together. I'll tell you one, uh, they worked on him for 45 minutes, and the guy that worked on him was a big duty weight, probably 265 pounds, um, doing CPR for 45 minutes. And after the fact, there was not a broken rib, there was not a mark on John's body. You couldn't have even told that, you know, tell, you couldn't even tell that he'd been worked on for that long. So the book has come out. We want to share the show with the world. We serve a God that does the impossible. Mm -hmm. Um, Amen. The movie is coming out. Amen. The movie is coming out. It's called Breakthrough. Um, It'll be coming out Easter of 2019. Devon Franklin, who has done Heaven is for Real, Miracles from Heaven, is the producer of the movie. Um, Chrissy Metz from This Is Us is playing Joyce. Um, Topher Grace from That 70s Show is playing me, and just a host of incredible character, characters, mm. and we think it really is going to change the world. So you can follow along on our Facebook page, The Impossible Book, um, and all of the updates are being put there. But we are super, super just excited to be able to share how awesome our God is. And I want to remind dads on this line that there are so, there's so much power when we pray. Yes. Like God hears our requests. Yeah. And, um, Moms and dads have such a, an incredible ability to walk into a situation and just pray for the impossible. Oh, I love this because you and I have become friends this, this past year, and we're, we're two passionate yes. bumpkins about the power of God. And I think that's where we've Amen. related, right, as friends. And I love the fact yep. that you are saying this is something that just happened here in the U.S. Because I don't know about you, Jason, but I think there's a mentality that I even grew up with thinking these kind of big-time miracles happen like in Africa, 
Like you hear the missionaries right. come back and say, the guy was dead and he got up. But to say, no, right. God in the 21st century shows up like this. He's alive. He's yeah. real. He hears our prayers. And, you know, there's no, there's no like equation for a miracle, but we can position ourselves to be in a spot to receive one. And I think in America, we have relied too much on doctors and mm. not enough on the power of God. And I'm for all for doctors. I'm all, but I believe that, that we go to God first mm-hmm. and we say, God, we need your help. And I've been at the bedside of a ton of these kind of miracles. And I've seen the same thing, uh, you know, the same stance over and over again, people that believe, people that are holding on, people that won't give up. Uh, people that don't, you know, one of the things we talked a lot about is speaking life. The power of life and death is in the tongue. Mm-hmm. And so many times we'll hear all of these doctor reports that are going to be all negative. It's going to be worst case scenario. But just because the doctor says it, that does not mean that's how God's going to mm-hmm. work. And so holding on to that and just saying, you know, what, I will only speak life out of my mouth. Mm. Um, it's so key. And I think that's so key for all of our families. Dad, speak life over your children, speak blessing over your children, especially our daughters. Um, I think the world needs it more than ever before. And uh, you see God show up and do incredible things. Yeah. And then again, on the power of prayer. Yeah. You know, I mean, the power of prayer. Prayer is our greatest weapon. And you can't be complaining and praying at the same time. <laughs> okay. You can't be, you know, you can't be, uh, you, there's only one thing that can come out of your mouth at one time. And that's what I want to encourage mm-hmm. that to speak life over your kids. You know, don't speak what we already see. We know what we see, mm, you know, and you can't go by so what good. you see. You have to go with what you know. So Just speak good. out God's promises, and, you know, you find that just playing out. But, yes, this is, I mean, the doctors have literally looked for two years to find <laughs> if there's another another case like John, and there isn't in the world. Wow. And, you know, I have to believe that this is the beginning of just a season of God doing the impossible all across the world, including the U.S., Canada. You know, it's amazing. In the last couple of years, I've heard so many times in the hospital where doctors say, we've done all we can do. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, I, and and that's where Joy stepped in and said, you do what you can do, and our God will do the rest. Yeah. And we held on to that. There was not a moment where we said, um, God, can you do it? God, you know, I mean, it was the promises we got. We held on to them, and we held on firm and yeah. did not give up. We Woo! refused to give up. We did not allow any negative talk. We kept an atmosphere. And, you know, parents, I want to encourage you. You play such a key role, dads, in the atmosphere of these rooms. Of Come on know, now. Preach it, Pastor family, Jason. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, you just you do. And I want you to know, dads, you are so important to that process. It's not just a mom thing. We need our dads to step up and really yep. and protect that. So. so you said position yourself for a miracle. What does that yep. mean? Well, I think what happens is um, every miracle I've ever studied, we are the conduits of that. So God always works through mankind to see miracles happen, whether they're praying or, you know, so I really think it's being that conduit to say, okay, you know what, I'm going to find out what Scripture has to say about believing for a miracle. So, one, it's holding on to God's promises and speaking those promises. You have to know what God's promises are when you walk into a situation like this. I think, two, you have to believe God. Like, do you believe that God is who He says He is and can do what He says He can do? I've heard people pray before and go, well, God, I think you might be able to do this, or I think that, you know, I, 
you have the ability to do this. Can you do it for me? I think it's like walking in there with boldness and authority and saying, God, this is, we need you to show up and this is what we need you to do. Another step to that. I think the third thing is being very specific in our prayers. You know, the Bible says you have not because you ask not. And one of the things about John, we prayed specifically, we put it on Facebook and uh, we would put all of those needs that would go around the world. Mm-hmm. Like the doctors would come in and say, here's the need for this moment. We need you to pray. And we would get that out. It actually came about four or five days in where the nurses would hand us a list of prayer requests for the day. <laughs> oh, we put it out on Facebook. Yeah. And by the end of the by the end of the day, every one of those requests were met. And ah, so, you know, and I think so cool. the final step is the final step is not trying to tell God how he should do things. Like mm-hmm. God, you know, our job is to say, here's the need and we're okay with however you want to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's difficult because we see our family members, we see people in great need, and we would love to see people, you know, um, healed and, and set free the way we want it to be. But God says, listen, I have a plan in everything. Just watch me yeah, work. Yeah. And so our job is to really take those needs and say, God, here are the needs, and we're okay with however mm-hmm. you you want to answer. You know, I think, and finally, and I'll just uh, answer this, uh, I'll just kind of make this quick. Um, I think we have to be okay with the outcome. And if John would have died, it doesn't mean that Jesus doesn't do miracles. It means that John was healed Mm -hmm. as he stood before the throne. Mm -hmm. And I think we have to keep that in mind. Like, this is an eternal perspective. It's not just, God doesn't work just for the right now. He works for eternity Mm -hmm. and the eternal perspective. And, you know, some people say, well, have you lost your faith if John died? And the reality of it is no, because we were saying, God, however you want to heal John, we're okay with it. Exactly. And if that means taking him home, that would be really difficult for us, but it'd right. be incredible for John. You know? Yeah. So I've heard people say, well, does Jesus, does God really heal? Yes, he does. And if a person You've dies, seen it. <laughs> yeah. Then, you know, because the last time I checked, nobody gets out of here alive. <laughs> so even Lazarus, Lazarus, is a, that was a temporary, temporary healing. He's dead today. I mean, so like, that is the final, final step. I mean, we're all going to die at some point. So, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and what I love about that is if John was, if John would have died and we would have had to put him in the ground, but, you know, to, to, to done a funeral and all of that, Jesus would have been with us through the whole step. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He, he promises to walk beside us. So it's not like you just go, well, I'm going to take John and it's over. Yeah. The miracle would be he walks beside us. Mm-hmm. So. You know, I want to just give give listeners a backstory because some dads might be listening going, well, you're a pastor, Jason, so you know how yeah. to pray or you're you're a professional prayer. Well, I'm telling you, dads, Jason has prayed over me a number of times. And I got to tell you, what has surprised me is how short your prayers are. And I think that gives dads who are trying to teach their daughters to believe God for the impossible, know that it doesn't have to be a long, drawn-out, professional-sounding prayer. You're just saying a short prayer as best you know how. Which, let me just transition then to asking you, how has, I mean, your prayer life, your belief in God for the impossible, impacted your three daughters? Are they on the same page as you? Are they still learning oh, to yeah. believe a big God? What's that been like? No, in fact, they probably have been my encouragement, you know, when I'm going like, okay, God, can you can you do this? I mean, they have such a, a belief that God can do the impossible, mm. you know, because um, I think as we kind of grow, you know, as we kind of get into our adulthood, there's moments where we go, okay, God, I know you can, but that, that you know, things creep in and you go, okay, God, you know, I remember with John, 
I said, you know, I, I went to the Lord and I just said, God, like, this is when we need you to be who you are. And in my, the back of my mind, you know, there was a moment where I go, he could die, yeah. you know, and you have to, you have to walk through that. And the enemy tries to insert some, some fear and doubt and you just have to stand against it. But as a family and as a whole, um, that's been something we have believed for uh, since our kids were born. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you, it's not about me being a professional pastor or having the right words. Because here's the thing, um, with that, if we look at what we can do, then we're taking God out of the picture. It has nothing mm -hmm. to do with what we can do. It's all about Him. That's why That's why you can't force God to do a miracle. You, you know, you don't do A plus B plus C equals, you know, D. It's like, okay, God, I'm just going to position myself. And, you know, to me, I think, too, in our prayers, sometimes we spend so much time focused on the problem that we don't focus on the God that can solve it. Come and on so now. Come on people, now. I <laughs> I always tell people all the time, like, spend a little bit of time telling God what the need is, and then turn that around to praise like he's already done it, mm -hmm. and just begin to worship him like he's already done it. And I think it lifts your spirit. I think it gives you a different perspective. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, with our daughters, we've just always tried. My wife is very much, um, you know, she's very faith-filled and very... Uh, just believes what God is, who he says he is. And, you know, to me, for us, there's no plan B or C or D. It's God, mm -hmm. we need you to show up, mm -hmm. you know. And, and we believe you will. I think, yeah, and we believe you will. And that's, and I think we, we have all these plans. Well, God, if you don't show up, then I have plan B. Mm -hmm. Well, in our life, we just say no plan B. You mm -hmm. know, God, like, if you don't show up, we were in trouble. And your girls you know? inspire and, you in that, you said. How? How do yeah. they join you in this? Or how do you lead well, them to join you in this? You know, it's so interesting. So, like, um, I think we help to just cultivate it. When we see it, we go, man, we believe it. So, Avi, when she was uh, two years old, she prayed for twins every night. <laughs> and, um, you know, one night I, I sat down and being the man of faith that I am, I go, you know, I better prepare if God doesn't do it. You know, I mean, you just sit there and you go, I better just prepare. And I said, you know, Ave, um, God may not answer that prayer, you know, like how you're wanting it to. So you have to be okay. I don't want you to be disappointed. She looked at me straight and she said, Dad, God told me we were going to have twins. At and what age? Was gonna happen. What age? At two. No, she, it must have been, you know what it was? It was four. It was okay. Four, okay. I was like, whoa, four. that's a verbal yeah. child. Okay, four, but still yeah. four years old in that kind yep. of faith. Yep. That's believing it, God for the it, impossible. It is. And at that point, I just go, okay, Avi. And it's so interesting because, um, you know, there are twins that run on our family, but to have fraternal twins hmm. is, is, an is a miracle. And she looked at me when the twins were born and she said, I told you so. Oh, and my go, okay. goodness. <laughs> that is so cool. You know? Well, Jason, you know? what would you tell dads? who have been disappointed by God. These are the stories I either hear in my counseling office, right, or in the ABBA project where right. they're like, you know, they'll look and say, hey, Dr. Michelle, you don't realize God has failed me one too many times. So this sounds really good in theory, right? We know there's a Bible yeah. verse, you know, that says nothing is impossible with God. What would you say to dads that say, I don't want to have faith again because I'm just going to crash and burn when he doesn't show up? You know, I think with that, you have to readjust how you look at kind of your perception of how God answered in those times that you're disappointed. Mm. Um, because I do think that's a tool that the enemy uses to get our eyes off. I think in every situation, you have to find God's purpose and you have to look at that and go, okay, like, yes, I was, I might've been disappointed, 
that I can see God's purpose working out in it. It may not have been exactly how I wanted it to work out, but I know it's for the best because you've got to hold on to those, that, that scripture that says all things work together. It may not be good at this very moment, but God's mm-hmm. working on your behalf. You may not even know until down the road, like you may look back and go, okay, now I understand God, why you work that way. So I can say I that in my that's life. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's true. I mean, you know, it is. And I think, so for the moment, I think you take that disappointment to God and you say, God, here's my disappointment. What do you want to exchange it with? And then just listen to what he says. There was a time that about nine months after uh, John, I got called to a hospital room of a 12-year-old girl and her dad. Um, she had had the flu. And all of a sudden, I mean, it just went from bad to worse. That mm. worse. They had to lifelight her from Branson to St. Louis. She had a stroke. Oh, and I, mean, I got called in as a pastor, come in and pray. This dad needs, the dad was not serving the Lord. Uh, he had been away from the Lord for many years, grew up in the church mm-hmm. um, and had just been uh, totally away from the Lord. And I walk in the room and he's just broken. You know, here, here mm-hmm. is his daughter, 12 year old daughter. And dad, you know, if you have a 12 year old daughter or daughters, you know what it's like to think of seeing them helpless laying on a bed and you can't do anything. And about maybe it knowing you could lose them, you know? And knowing, well, and that was, that was, the doctors were very clear, if, if there wasn't a miracle, that she would be gone with the next 24 hours. Mm. And when the doctor said that, the dad got on his knees and he started, he cried out to God. He gave his heart back to the Lord. Wow. And about 12 hours after that, um, it was so interesting because the moment he did that, the moment he got up and he said, honey, I've given my heart back to the Lord, her numbers dropped. She was holding on uh-huh. until that moment. 12 hours later, she passed away. Okay, and interesting. So I walked out of that room and I said, God, I'm so disappointed because here we had John Smith nine months ago. Here we had John, like he, I mean, and I prayed the same kind of prayers. I have this dad that's just broken, you know, had been on his knees for 12 hours praying for his daughter, you know, and God, like, what is the purpose in all of this? I mean, like I was just, I mean, you walk out and you just, you're just kind of broken you know, after a moment like that. Mm-hmm. And God said, you just watch. I have a purpose in this. I have a purpose in this. And so I went and did her funeral, I, you know, and still not understanding it. And the dad sat me down and she, he said, he said, even though this is hard, I can see the purpose. My daughter for the last three years has been praying every Wednesday night in church at the altar. God, whatever it takes to bring my dad back to you, do it. Wow, what a mature young girl, <laughs> a brave young girl, powerful, well, it would mean powerful. Her life. Wow. It and, was, and like, how do you process through that? Other than God has a purpose. Yeah. You know she's healed. You know she's well. God has her in her hands. Uh, God has you know her in His hands. Mm-hmm. But man, at the moment, and all of a sudden, it just made sense. And the dad has been serving the Lord. You know, I mean, has just been you know doing all he can to raise his other daughters up. I mean. But those times were, they're difficult, but you mm-hmm. see that purpose. Wow, so powerful. Thank you for sharing a story that isn't just always it ends with praise. You know, it ends well. Oh, Sometimes yeah. it does end yeah. in the opposite way of what we are asking God, but we're still trusting. Oh my goodness. Jason, I wish we had more time, but I've got to end with asking you what I yeah. love to end every show with is a go question. So what is yeah. one practical way that dads can take a step in teaching their daughters to either begin believing God for the impossible or to continue believing God for the impossible this week? 
I think the first step is speak life. Speak Begin life. To speak life over your situations. And what I mean by that is make sure that every, every thought and idea that comes out of your mouth is, is positive. Don't, there you go. Don't speak the negative. It's the positive. Okay, fine. And you might go, well, there's nothing positive in our situation. I promise you, dads, if you'll sit for just a moment and you'll look it over and you'll take a moment, you'll find something positive. Just the fact that you have daughters who are healthy and whole mm-hmm. and are there in your life, that's a positive. So take those moments just to find the positive of what's happening. And I will tell you, I really think gratitude moves the hand of God more than anything else in our life. Mm-hmm. Gratitude and worship, taking moments out to be thankful for what God has done for you. And I think there are sometimes that's an exercise because we have to sit down. The negative just is so, the enemy's using so much negative to come after us mm-hmm. that, you know, whether it be the reports or what we see or what our bank account says or, you know, the things that, that really pull dads down, yeah. you know. Um, so good. And I think that's where we have to have to come out of that and just start speaking the positive. Just start looking mm-hmm. at what God is doing that's so good in your life. And speaking that out in your kids, too. I mean, I think we have such an ability, dads, to be able to speak into our kids' lives, the positive, yeah. um, maybe even more so than anyone else in their life. And so that would be my first go step. Just speak life. Be positive. Awesome. I love it. Well, today, if you're just joining us, this is Pastor Jason Noble. We've been talking about how dads can teach their daughters to believe him, believe God for the impossible. And his story is one that is so inspirational because he lives out the things that you've heard him say today. He's a heart friend of mine, and I just love that he's been able to share and lead you guys with the things that God is doing in his life. Well, Jason, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a joy to have you here on the Dad Whisperer. And we just tell you together, dads, get out there and consistently and intentionally love your girls. Go dads. Amen. Go dads.